I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service where we can gather together from around the world and enjoy the rich nourishment of God's Word. Before we jump into today's message, let us first honor the Lord and worship the Lord by bringing our tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. I have a scripture for you from Psalm 112, verse 3. It says, Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Now, this is talking about the home of the person who is blessed, the person who's walking with God. Now, from today's perspective of the new covenant, the person that belongs to Jesus and is serving God with all of their hearts, it says, Wealth and riches will be in his house. Now, God wants you to have your own house. Perhaps you live in a big city and you're leasing or renting an apartment or a townhome, but you think, you know, I would like, Lord, to have my own house, even, even, if, I, even if it's a townhome or a condo that's on the 96th floor. Lord, I would still like to own it. Well, God wants to do that for you. And I know that many people live in skyscrapers, and I know that many people also live out in the country, maybe in a more rural area. But wherever you're at, you can have the blessing of Deuteronomy chapter 28. It says you're the head, not the tail. You're blessed going in, blessed coming out. And also it says, you're blessed in the city and blessed in the country. So it doesn't matter where you live at, wherever you live at, wherever you're watching me from today, God wants you to have your own house. Okay, praise the Lord. Now there's no skyscrapers out in the country, but you can find you some uh, nice land and a good home and just believe God for it. And God wants you to have your own place. And we thank God for the different phases that we go through in life with our faith. And maybe you're in a place right now where you're, you're renting or leasing, but God wants you to move into ownership where you actually own your own home. And again, it's just wonderful to see how many wonderful people in the Bible owned their own home. You see the Lord Jesus, it, it talks about how he had his own house. You see the, the prophet Samuel, he had his own house. You see the prophet Elisha, he had his own house. And just it just goes on and on and on. And all of those things are recorded in Scripture on purpose, so that our faith can be strong and that we can also walk in our inheritance that God has for us. Praise God. Now, the Lord wants you to have your own home and when you when you have your house god doesn't want the blessing to stop there he also wants you to have your home debt free and you can use your faith to get into a house and then you can use your faith to pay the to pay the mortgage off and i'm not talking like just a 30 year or 40 year regular type mortgage pay down i'm talking where the blessing of god is on your life and you you're just paying that thing off supernaturally fast and you're getting out of debt supernaturally quick hallelujah that is your inheritance to have your own home debt free and it says here that there would even be wealth and riches in your house so God wants you to have nice furniture nice appliances uh, the things that make you happy whether it's nice countertops it just goes on and on God wants you blessed that way uh, you know you bring people over to your house you can give glory to the Lord you can have Bible studies in your house you can lead people to Christ in your house the delivery driver comes to deliver a package or to deliver a pizza you can just you know receive the package or receive the pizza give them a nice tip and share Christ with them and I tell you it's just a real blessing to have your own house where you can have your own place where you go it's just peaceful the presence of the Lord is there that's God's plan for your life when you bring the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse today Believe God for that. If you don't have your own home, believe God for your own home. Make a little notation on your giving today. Write Psalm 112, verse 3. And if you already have your own house, believe the Lord that you can get it paid off supernaturally. Maybe not all at one time, although God can do that. And you can, you can even believe God to do that, but you can also believe God just to pay it down in big chunks. God just blessing you, and you're paying it down, paying it down. And it's not a 30-year mortgage. You're out of that thing very, very quickly, praise God. And you're just blessed in every area of your life. And believe God also that you can have nice things in your home so that you're happy in your heart and you can host people comfortably 
and it's just another reason why you can give glory to the Lord. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Praise the Lord. Okay, so as we're bringing tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God, make that notation on your giving today, Psalm 112, verse 3. Connect with that promise of God, and watch God do it in your life as you give and as you believe the promises of God, as you take them as your own promise. God's going to do it for you as well. I look forward to receiving your testimonies of the wonderful homes uh, that God is going to be blessing His people with. So make sure that you email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org so we can rejoice here with you at the ministry, hearing the wonderful things that God is doing in your life concerning you having your own property. Praise God that you own debt-free to the glory of God. Now, those of you that are mailing your tithes and offerings in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code here is 28654. Those of you that prefer to bring the tithes and offerings in online, you can do so by visiting the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage titled Tides and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can go there anytime, day or night, and bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God, and your giving, your faithful giving, allows us to preach the gospel around the world, and to continue to expand the platform from which we extend outward the Word of God. And we're moving forward on all fronts through the printed page, through internet and through television and it's because of your gracious giving you honoring the Lord through his system of financial principles that is allowing the gospel to go around the world and we share in the eternal rewards together so thank you so much for your giving thank you for being obedient to the Lord and watch watch how God will bless you as you work his kingdom principles. Praise God. Heavenly Father, bless your people. Let them all have their own home full of wealth and riches, just as your word promises your people as a portion of their inheritance. Father, we thank you that your promises are so good. All of your promises are yes and amen. So Father, we take them by faith, because every promise must be activated and pulled in by faith. And so, Father, we use our faith. We give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Shout, Jesus, thank you for my new home. Woo-hoo! Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's going to do it in your life. Now, today, let's talk about power plans. Woo, glory to God. Please go with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 29. And let's drop down the verse 29. How about, how about that for the double? Deuteronomy 29, 29. Praise God. This is a beautiful verse. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, let your Holy Spirit come and quicken the scriptures that they would be made alive by spiritual power, the power of the Spirit. Thank you, Father God. Let us receive them as living manna in the name of Jesus. And we say, Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. There are some things that as much as we want to know, we're not going to know on this side of heaven. I believe when we get to heaven, there will be many things that were perhaps we were curious about, didn't know during our earthly life. Many of those things we'll, we'll be able to find out when we get to heaven, and then everything is fully known. But please understand this as well. There are some things, however, that that are intended by God for us to never know. And those things, we just have to be at peace with it. And those things are, uh, they're not for us to know. The secret things belong to the Lord, our God. I think it, I think it was very interesting the time uh, maybe a little bit funny. I, I don't think the minister thought it was funny when it happened, but uh, years back, Prophet Kenneth Hagin, he had an encounter with the Lord Jesus in a vision, and uh, Brother Hagin asked the Lord a question about one of his family members that he was related to, that he had, you know, whenever you have family members, you're, you know, 
they have a part of your heart and you love them and so forth. Well, one of the family members had died, died young, and you know, the person was saved, so there was no doubt that the person went to heaven. But uh, Kenneth Hagin said he asked the Lord Jesus, um, uh, Jesus, why did that person die? Uh, you know, because he wanted to know, Brother Hagin wanted to know, and the Lord told him, he said, that's none of your business. And he actually quoted the scripture to him from Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. And he said, that's none of your business. Don't, don't even think about that, because that, that's, that's nothing that you need to know about. That's between me and her only. Woo, praise God. I, li- I like that about Jesus, that, that there are some things that if you tell him and it's just between you and him, nobody else will ever know. I really like that about the Lord. Uh, he, he, can keep, he can keep things uh, close to his heart, and if it's just between you and him, nobody will ever know for eternity. Wow, hallelujah. Now, it says the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we, that we may do all the words of this law. Praise God. Let me present this today. There is enough that you do know and that as you go through life and walk with the Lord that is unveiled to you, there's enough that you have on your plate, you certainly don't need to be looking into everybody else's business. And uh, in my occupation, in my calling as a minister, as a preacher, you know, I've got a lot of preacher friends, and I, I want to see them do well. They want to see me do well. But really, when it comes down to it, I've got to run my own race. I I don't have time to be poking my nose over into their business. Not only that, that's their business. And I'm going to stand before the Lord one-on-one, and He's going to judge me for the way I live my life, and He's going to inspect my life uh, according also to how I fulfill my calling, not not somebody else. The, The others will have to stand before Him. So I really want to focus on the assignment, the calling that God has given to me, and be faithful with that. And that's something that you really have to consider with your life as well, because there is a course that God has destined for you to run, and there is a finish line. And you need to do all that you can do the, to cross that finish line. And of course, you certainly need to under, you need the understanding of what that path is, what that plan is, so that you can stay on course. And so today, let's talk about that, okay? Those things which are revealed. Now, that's what we're going to talk about today. Those things that are revealed belong to us and to our children. Woo! We're talking about living right, finishing right, and even uh, even uh, leaving leaving a legacy. Have you ever thought about leaving a legacy? Now I know that the end is near. That the time clock on this dispensation is running out, and time is short. But until the Lord comes, we need to stay busy. We need to continue doing all that we can do to serve the Lord. And to live for the Lord. And should the end come in our lifetime? Well, praise the Lord. We go home to be with the Lord. But until then, we need to be going all out. Praise God. And this would also, should the Lord tarry, this would position us rightfully to leave a legacy for our children, even grandchildren. I don't, you know, when I think about legacies for grandchildren and stuff like that, my mind can't even really go there because I think we're so close to the end of this and everything being wrapped up that um, I'm not really foreseeing, you know, like hundreds of years out there in the future. But even if it's 30 or 40, we still need to stay busy because we just don't know when the Lord's coming back, although we know it's soon, so we need to stay busy. Now, those things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So let's talk about doing those things that are revealed to us. Please turn with me to the book of Wisdom which of course would be the book of Proverbs chapter 25, a verse that we all enjoy, that would be verse 2. It begins in verse 1 by saying, these also are Proverbs, Proverbs are wise sayings, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied. Now verse 2, it is the glory of God to conceal, to hide, to intentionally on purpose veil a matter. But the glory of kings, now that's you and I, okay, the glory of kings is to search out 
a matter. You don't need a crown on your head to think that you're a king. You are a king. If you're in Christ, you are priest and kings in the Lord Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. Now, the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Well, you know, people would think, well, why, why would God hide something concerning our destiny? Why would God hide or veil the plan that he has for our life? Sometimes he does it in a sense to protect that plan from the enemy so that the enemy cannot see fully what he, what it is. He can, he can maybe get a little bit of insight he, he could pick up some things, but some of it's hidden for safety so that the enemy can't, you know, just plan everything against it. And, you know, like in professional sports, uh, th- this has happened in the NFL where opposing teams have, through cheating, uh, you know, and through other means, they have gotten the playbook. And so a team has a playbook, and the other team, they have stolen or cheated or done something illegal to get that playbook. What, why, what are they doing? They want to know what your plans are so that they can plan against that. Well, in the spirit realm, it's cheating also, but the devil, he's a cheat. So he'll try to, you know, see what your plans are or what God's plans are. So some of that's veiled on purpose just to keep him out of the game plan. Now, there's other reasons why God hides or conceals it and sometimes that is because of our immaturity and God doesn't want us to have full clarity on certain things because the timing's not right much of that timing can even be in the sense that we're not ready for that phase yet and so God conceals it and you can't quite see what it is maybe you're picking up on it and you have a clue maybe you're you're actually getting pretty dialed in on it but it's it's not right yet so God he'll still keep it under wraps and you just can't quite unwrap it yet why Uh, God still got it wrapped up tight and I believe sometimes that's for our protection because if we got it too soon got the inheritance too soon there's an there's an area of development that's not there yet and God sees that he wants us to grow more and it could could be a few more months could be uh, in some cases be a few more years now we see that in the life of Joseph who had insight concerning God's plan for his life but there was development that God needed to do the best place that God decided for his development was not uh, you know, sending to Oxford or to Yale or to Cambridge, uh, God actually allowed him to be sent through false charges to, pri- to prison. And it was there in that prison experience that he really had amazing qualities developed in him through the Lord Jesus. It was amazing what God did in the life of that man uh, to develop this leadership ability to lead and to govern a nation underneath the you know he was second command underneath Pharaoh but in a sense Pharaoh was letting him run everything but Pharaoh was hid uh, as far as it goes from the throne but as far as getting things done and calling the shots Pharaoh was letting Joseph do all of that because he had the he had just the incredible ability of the wisdom of God to do that but much of that much of that plan initially was under wraps because Joseph knew he was destined for greatness, but he had no idea he was going to the prison. So God has these various routes for us to take. Sometimes it's veiled, and that's for our good. But now here's our part. The glory of kings is to search out a matter. The glory of kings, that's our part of our glory. Part of greatness is searching out what is that plan that God has for my life. Ooh, wow. I, I would present that a lot of Christians, I'm not talking about the unbelievers. I, uh, I'm talking to the Christians for a moment. A lot of Christians think that they're waiting on God. And there, there can be an element where God's, you know, doing his part behind the scenes, making sure everything is right and uh, doing the things that a loving father would do to get it all prepped and ready for you to step onto that stage of life. But, but in many ways, in the majority of the time, it's actually God is waiting on us to come into that place of maturity in Christ, where he sees the image of his son in us, 
And he says, now that image is developed, it's fully formed, and now I'm ready to bring them into the place that I've already pre-planned for them. But there's a lot of things about uh, Christians where they want to, they just want to put the whole thing on God say, they'll say, you know, God's obviously not ready yet, because if He were, I, you, you know, I'm ready. Well, many times God's already ready, but He's trying to get us to that place that place of being where we're, we're ready. Now, I think it takes humility to realize that maybe there's some areas that God still needs to refine before maybe He gives the full green light, or brings us out of the prison type experience like He did with Joseph. Because when Joseph was ready, you know, God did things to bring him out immediately. And so, I think if we do our part, we, we already know God's going to do His part. So let's just do our part, and let's search out the matter. That's our responsibility. God will do His part. But let's search it out. I've always found that fascinating what, what Dr. Peter J. Daniels discovered. Now, he is a Christian businessman. He's a billionaire. If I'm correct, he's a multi-billionaire, and has been considered for decades as one of the world's greatest speakers. Now, he's not a preacher. He doesn't have that anointing as a preacher, but he has an anointing to speak to businessmen and business people. And so, you know, when they bring him into these conferences and everything, he has an anointing to speak to them in that way. So don't, don't expect, you know, like preaching and shouting and stuff like that. That's not his anointing. But he's a very good teacher. But as he demonstrates in live meetings, not just in churches, because, you know, over the last 15 years, he began to speak more in churches, but even in secular arenas. Now, I, I would expect this in the secular where he's going to work with people who don't know God. But when he brings the same teaching into the church and live in church, live demonstrates it, and, and the church is in the same boat so many times as the world. Now, it's an amazing thing to see. So what is he demonstrating? Dr. Dan Dr. Daniels would demonstrate that many Christians, majority actually, Let's, let's not even talk about the unsaved, but in the church, many Christians, really, when it comes down to it, they don't have a plan. They, they may say they do. They may say that they have, they've unveiled the matter that's not concealed. They know God's plan for their life, but when He brings them live up on stage and begins to ask certain questions, uh, it's wild, almost all of them, all the time, without exception, that they have no clue what God really has planned for them. And I, I don't know, maybe it's actually a little bit embarrassing for the people that he brings up, but he, you know, he's looking for volunteers. And this is not paid, this is live. And when it happens, and in a sense, people are laid bare and they're exposed really as not, as having no clue of how to get where they want to go. And not even sure really when he's done with them of where they even want to go. It's, it's, quite, it's quite unveiling. So today, let's make sure that we do our part. What is our part? Our part is to search out, to search out the plan and will that God has for our lives. Woo! Oh, this is fascinating. This is fascinating. Let's just talk about a few examples of things that we can do. The first one would be Habakkuk chapter 2. And let's go right into it, verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Right, right there, you probably have lost 95% of most Christians because they think they have a vision. Well, yes, Pastor Stephen, I do. Well, have you written it down? Well, no. Well, if you really had a vision, you're probably going to want to write it down. And if you haven't written it down, I would present to you that you haven't even gotten on first base yet. Because here we see that God says, God says, write the vision. Well, I just like to keep it up here. Well, that, that's nice, but you'll actually keep it up here better if you write it out first. And it's all in order, and that you can see it, and that you can read it, and that anybody else that would like to support you in your vision, they can read it also. Now, we're not talking about writing something out that's a 42-page manual. We're just talking about something short, concise, 
uh, bullet point type headers that you can go right down it saying this is what God has unveiled to me as his plan for my life this is what I'm going to accomplish by the grace of God and here it is boom 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 wow that's pretty cool here's the thing here's the thing for some people if a rich multi-billionaire like Dr. Peter J. J. Daniels came up to you and said if you can verify the plan that God has for your life and you can verify that to me I'll fund it right now most most people they couldn't present it because the first thing that most people do that want to get behind plans that have money because this is the way they think the first thing they want to see is they want to see it on paper and if you say well I haven't even written it out you know what they're going to think they're going to think well you're obviously not you're not very serious about your vision and and if God says write it out I mean he's the ultimate financier because God's the one that's going to sign off on this thing and God wants to see it he wants to see what he has unveiled to you he wants to see it written on paper not folded up somewhere shoved into a drawer he wants to see it on paper and you need to see it on paper mm. and so many times donors backers supporters if they're really going to come in strong what do they want to see they, they somehow want to see it written out in a way not you know they, they don't need a hundred pages but they want to see something that says okay I, I like that I can read that my mind can follow that I can understand that let me get behind that and support that praise God glory to the Lord do, do you have that hmm praise God these are things that we need to do knowing that God will do his part but so many times God actually is waiting on us we need to do our part write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end it will speak and it will not lie though it tarries wait for it because it will surely come it will not tarry I would encourage you to sit down with the Lord when you have some free time turn off gun smoke turn off you know whatever you you know might want to watch turn off you know the TV and sit down and just say Lord um, I've got a little free time I've got an hour two hours and don't don't rush to Lord if you don't get the full thing don't try to cram it in but just say Lord I'm really looking to you for revelation concerning your plan for my life and I know that some things you veil on purpose you conceal them but I'm here Lord because I want you to I want you to give me insight into this beautiful plan that you have for my life I want to finish the race that you have for me and Lord I sense that you've got some things that are special I'd like I'd like to talk with you about that let you know that uh, you know I, I, I want to make sure I'm picking up on the right thing and then what you want to do is you want to write it out and what will, what will begin to happen is you, you you begin to get what I would call the frame the skeletal frame but as, as you spend time with the Lord he'll begin by the Holy Spirit to help you put meat on the bones the sinew the tendons the ligaments the muscles the thing the thing the vision will begin to get fleshed out and then you'll begin to see it with more clarity and not only see the plan but you'll begin to see the path you'll begin to see the timing you'll begin to see the blessing that God has for you praise the Lord right now on my desk I actually have a plan from the Lord that I've prayed over and have prayed into it's the current plan that I'm working on for the for the vision of the ministry right now and that is a that is a 1.4 million dollar plan that's what we're doing right now we're working on the current phase of where God has us right now certain things that we need to step into certain things that we're doing as we're we're going to do all we can to reach the world with the gospel and we're really we're willing to lay it on the line so that's what we're working on these everything we do here has one underlying premise and you know what it is the salvation of lost souls every vision every plan everything that we do has that as the key purpose we want to see people one for Christ and number two we want to build up the church because after you get saved then you you're gonna to have to get the word into the people you're gonna to have to after you pull the fish into the boat and you've emptied the nets now you've got to clean the fish 
Okay, so that's our focus. Number one, get the lost saved. Number two, get the word of God into them so they can have victory and the enemy can't thwart their purpose. Praise God. So that's all we do. So I have a plan on my desk. It's the current plan that we're working on. It is a $1.4 million plan. But after that's accomplished, I've already got another plan. I already have another plan. That plan is that plan's waiting on me, but I've got it. I've got it already planned out. That's a $5 million plan. But even after that, I have a phase three plan that I'm waiting for. It, which, which one is that, Pastor Stephen? That's, that's a $26 million plan. See, here's the thing. Some of you have no plans, so you don't even know where you're going. You have no plan for life. You're just kind of bumbling, stumbling through life, and a little bit of that, you know, well, whatever happens, happens. But my friends, when you have a plan, something begins to happen in your life where the energy of God, the power of God is released into your life because when you have a plan, now you have a purpose. And you wake up in the morning and you think, I've got something to do. I'm not on this, pl- I'm not on this planet just to suck oxygen. I'm not on this planet just to consume food and then sleep at night, work during the day, do this for 80 years, and you just die. No, you ha- have a purpose. And when you have that purpose, when that, when that thing that God has for you is unveiled and you see it, well, now it, it just it begins to enthuse you with divine energy, and you wake up in the morning, and you don't just stumble out of bed thinking, well, another day. No, you, you get out of bed thinking, I have an assignment today. I'm going to stay on that plan, that current plan that I'm on. Hallelujah. Because, see, here's the thing. You don't know that God could just look down and say, I tell you what, that plan's so good. First plan so good. I like them. Let's just God just send a blessing to you, and you just you're able just to knock them all out all at one time because God is a big God. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're all at different levels of faith. We're all at different realms of our walk with God. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm on the 1.4 million dollar project plan. Hallelujah. But. But, you know, should something greater happen and a larger blessing be released into this ministry, we already know what to do with it. We won't be sitting around twiddling our thumbs thinking, well, we've got more money than we know what to do with. Let's go to Las Vegas and spend it. Well, you know, you won't find us in the casinos, hallelujah, but you will find us winning the loss for the Lord, hallelujah. So we we have plans. We're not just, you know, Strolling through life with no purpose. We have plans, and you need to have plans, and they need to be written down. And you need to visit that that plan regularly. It needs to be like on your refrigerator where you can see it. Hallelujah. And read it quickly. Read it quickly. Just kind of go through it, and you're like, okay, praise God. This is what we're doing. This is what we're on. This is what we're going to accomplish for the glory of God. Now, we need, we need to bring up something very important. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah 58 verse 8. It says, Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your light break forth like the morning. Isaiah 58, of course, is in the context of a fast that is pleasing to the Lord. So when you have prayer and fasting going together, what happens is light begins to break forth. And that light many times can be revelation, understanding illumination concerning the plan that God has for your life. For Dr. Orr Roberts, yes, it was take God's healing power to the nations of the world, and he did. But you know what? God put a big thing of icing on his cake. And you know what? He wasn't just strictly in that preacher mode. He also raised up a world-class Spirit-filled university. Wow. Glory to God. That's still around today. Now stop and think about it. He's in heaven now, but the work that God empowered him to raise up is still functioning. It's a a healthy, vibrant, thriving university that touches the lives of many, many people. Praise God. But see, that's something that God unveiled to him through revelation, through illumination, that he was supposed to raise up. Benson Idahosa raised up a hospital there in, in Africa. Father Padre Pio, the great man of God, 
Wow, what a wonderful man of God. I love him so much. Raised up a hospital in a very inhospitable area. Where they, when people heard about the idea that he's going to start a hospital in San Giovanni Rotondo, they thought there's there's no way, there's no way you could ever put a hospital here. There's nothing here, just rocks and hilly mountains and sheep. That's it. Well, if you go there today, you'll find one of the world's leading hospitals, one of the greatest hospitals in all of Europe, is there because that man. Can you believe it? A friar, a monk, a priest, there living in his little cell, there at that monastery. God worked through him to raise up a world renowned hospital. Oh, hallelujah. How did he get that? He got that from heaven. He got the idea, even got the name, everything from heaven. Woo, hallelujah, my friends. That's why it's very important at times to fast and pray. Why? Light breaks forth. What kind of light? Light that illuminates the specific plan and calling that God has for your life. Maybe you're listening to me today, and this thought begins to break through into your understanding that maybe you're supposed to raise up an orphanage. Maybe you're supposed to feed hundreds of children in impoverished areas of the world. Pastor Stephen, I've got a liking this. Yes, yes, glory to God. We're living in the last days. God wants you to do great things. Hallelujah. God wants you to prosper and flourish. You could be a businessman or a businesswoman. And, you know, God give you these ideas, these concepts. And I tell you what, God can raise you up to create, create mighty empires. Woo, hallelujah, where tremendous amounts of wealth are generated. And you're able to, you're able to pour into the work of the Lord. You're able to support the work that this ministry is doing. You're, you're just able to touch and do so many wonderful things that when you go to be with the Lord in heaven, Woo, is there going to be rewards? Hallelujah. I, I'm telling you, my friends, we need to have a big vision. But so much of this needs to be tied into seeing clearly what God wants you to do. Mm-mm-mm. I'm telling you that God wants to raise up Boaz donors that can write the multiple zeros on the check. Hallelujah. It's easy to put a one at the front, but put some more zeros. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. With the period or the commas way down on the end. <laughs> Glory to God. But see, it says in the scriptures, Ruth chapter two, that Boaz was a mighty man of wealth. So God wants to raise up people like Boaz, like Job that are financial champions and they pour into kingdom works. Glory to God. Mm-mm. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. I see light breaking forth right now. Illumination, revelation, understanding, unveiling of what God has hidden. And as a king, you search it out and you say, I see it. My God, I had no idea you wanted me to do that. Wow. Woo! See, God unveils it now that you're at a place of maturity. God unveils it now that you're at a place of responsibility where you say, Lord, I accept it. That's part of the plan that you have for my life. I embrace it. Now, Lord, I'm going to get this done for you while I'm on this planet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we can do things together. Hallelujah. We can do things together as God, by the Holy Spirit, knits together. Mm, men and women to stand with the ministry, to stand with the man or with the woman of God, so that that work can go forward in the plan of God. And together we prosper in the Lord, because the blessing comes down so that the, that the plan is accomplished. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Mm-mm. I, my wife and I, we had a wonderful time while we were in, in London, and there was a dear lady who she would she would drive us from the hotel to the to the meetings and she would pick us up she had a very beautiful vehicle and she would pick us up drive us there after the meetings were over she'd drive us back to the uh, hotel to relax and she was so she was so sweet now i could tell that she was blessed 
because you can't drive vehicles like that and you unless you're prospering in the Lord so I could tell she was prosperous but she was so humble that I'm sure that a lot of people thought well maybe she just has a little prosperity but you know what she was so humble but you know she she has over 500 people working for her over 500 employees Praise God. And she said, she said to me, Pastor Stephen, I'm a female Boaz. I said, go get it. Hallelujah. Be blessed in what God has called you to do. Hallelujah. And see, God had assigned her to stand with the man of God. And the more God prospered her, the more she's able to pour in into the work of God that God has connected her to. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. Glory to God. God raises up Boaz donors so that they can pour in into that divine connection that God connects them to. That's what covenant partnership is. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're talking about these things today. And as we do, I believe that illumination is coming to you. Discovery of your destiny. And I, I think that as it begins to get unveiled, you're just like, wow. Hey, Lord, wow. I, yes, I receive. Glory to God. I receive great things. Great things in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, many, let me say this, many have never seen the, fulfill, the fulfillment of their vision. They, they, they get the plan, that, that it begins to be unveiled, and they begin to see that, that wonderful thing, that, that royal kingship anointing, and they begin to see what God has hidden. It begins to get unveiled, and they, they begin to get illumination on it. But what happens is that many have never seen fulfillment of that vision. Not because God changed his mind or changed the vision, but rather because they failed to generate the power that is necessary to bring it to pass. Mm. Look, it's going to begin to get unveiled to you, but you're going to need power, power to bring it to pass. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All true commissions, all true anointings, all heavenly mantles, all, all divine purposes and plans that are unveiled by God and given by God, they must be backed by divine power. After all, when God told Moses to go, I'll, I'm, I'm going to use you as a deliverer. Moses was like, um, Lord, that's that. Uh, that sounds really good. Um, but uh, hey, Lord, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I guess I'll just go do this. But uh, because you you want me to do it. Uh, but hey, Lord, uh, you know, by the way, I'm going to really need some backup on this. The Lord said, "I'll do signs and wonders." Woo. Okay. And so he's like, "Okay." Moses is like, "All right." Uh, long as just this is not like just me going in there, you know, giving a nice little talk to Pharaoh. Long as there is some some backup. Some power? Okay, Lord, I'll, I'll do that. But you and I both know if there's no power, mm, you know, this is not going to get the lift off. This is not going to get, this is not going to get the uh, momentum or the results or the fulfillment that we're, that we're looking for. Look, if you don't have the power to go along with the vision, you're going to end up getting disappointed. And you're going to think, well, uh, Lord, I'm not sure why it's happening. Lord, maybe you changed your mind. Or maybe, Lord, I didn't hear from you right. No, you heard right. God's still endorsing that. But you're going to have to realize that you're going to need supernatural power. Woo, say yes. In order to see this thing fulfilled. Praise God. And that's okay. Because God's got all the power that you need. Let's talk about tapping into it. Luke chapter four, uh, excuse me, Luke chapter four, verse 13. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him. That would be Jesus until an opportune time. Then Jesus returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. Okay. So the ministry is launched but it's not just the launching of a ministry. Yay! Go, Jesus, go! Woohoo! Jesus is here. Hallelujah! Let's all celebrate the launch of a new ministry. Woo! Well, that, that's all nice, but we could have the launching of the ship and we can do all of that. But look, if there's no power, 
whoo, we're going to run out of steam. So Jesus was launched with power. Glory to God. And trust me, if Jesus needed power to fulfill what God had clearly unveiled for him to do, don't think that you're going to not need power. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, he tapped into the power of God after 40 days of no food with prayer and fasting. He came out of that experience with tremendous power. So my friends, you're going to need, you're going to need divine empowerment. I'm not saying that you need to do a 40 day fast. I would say, however, that if you don't ever fast and pray, your chances of fulfilling that that amazing thing that God has raised you up to do, it, it's probably going to be jeopardized. You need to be willing to pay the price to walk in the power of God. And yes, there need to be times where you fast and you pray and you seek the Lord. And when you see the amazing thing that God has called you to do and says, I'll help you do this if you lean on me. Well, my friends, when you see that potential, Suddenly, uh, prayer and fasting becomes a joy. You're like, Lord, I'm willing to do this. Lord, this is just the promises alone that you've given me, the, the destiny, the calling. Lord, it's so amazing. I don't want to leave anything to chance. We're not going to risk anything here. Lord, let's do all we can. Lord, I'm going to even fast and pray. Hallelujah. Lord, let your power come. Let your power come. Mm, glory to God. And as you do that, God will help you. We really do need to tie into the various streams of power influx into our lives. And prayer and fasting is one of those major, one of those major things. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse 5. Actually, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. He said, don't leave Jerusalem. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. So he said, wait. Now verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, there have, there have been a lot of people that have gone. Maybe they got insight into the plan and the purpose, and they were excited, and they ran into it. But what happened? There was not fulfillment, or maybe there was just a little bit of fulfillment, but they never saw the full manifestation. Why? They, they went in their own strength, and they went in their own ability. And if you do that, you're going to fall short. My friends, you're going to need the power of God. You're going to need the Holy Spirit who will come and teach you and guide you and strengthen you and refresh you and illuminate you. You're going to need the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because he is the one that that is the power source. And we need to stay very, very close to him. Glory to God. God wants you to be walking in power. There are so many things that that will press against you. Jesus on his way to Calvary. There was, there was so much weight and pressure upon him. The devil really tried to kill him there in the garden. The devil not really knowing the full plan of God by any means, but still knowing that something of, of great significance is, is being carried out. And so uh, Jesus talked about how hard he was pressed in order to get to that place of fulfillment, but he didn't quit. He kept on going. And there may be times you feel this great pressing, but you must keep on. And it's that power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit that's going to help you still get it done, even in the midst of trial or hardship. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seven says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair persecuted, but not forsaken struck down, but not destroyed always carrying about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. So when you connect with the death, burial and resurrection of the Lord, there is that release of power into your life. 
and then the life of Je that the, the life of Jesus begins to flow but that also involves us living the crucified life of prayer seeking God praying hallelujah I had a, a minister friend he he sent me a, a message on WhatsApp uh, the other night and you know he's he's sending it to me from Singapore so for him it's you know lunchtime 12 o'clock in the afternoon and I uh, it's it was actually like 1155 and he said uh, Pastor Stephen what you doing he, I said well I'm I said I'm about to go into prayer he said you like a corporate prayer meeting I, I said no just myself and you know he realized what time it was he said are you so you're actually praying at this time I said yes I'm, I'm starting to pray at midnight <laughs> he said well I thought you prayed at like three or four in the morning I said sometimes I do but sometimes I'll just get up at midnight and I'll pray at midnight so you're praying at midnight I, I, I said yes he said do you have any teaching on this I said yes I said and so I I, I uh, grabbed off of YouTube one of my teachings on midnight prayer I copied and pasted it and then I sent it to him through WhatsApp and I said you would enjoy this he said he said wonderful I'll watch it it was called midnight prayer praise the Lord that would be a blessing to you as well I'm sure many, many of you have already seen it but the thing is is that Pastor Stephen why would you be praying at midnight because I know what God's called me to do I've got the plan I've, I, I, I see the purpose for souls to be saved and God's people to be strengthened and I take it seriously hallelujah and if the Holy Spirit wakes me up and I feel fresh and I feel good well I'll just go for it even if it's at midnight hallelujah because I I'm determined to get accomplished and get done what God told me to do and if that means praying at midnight or praying at three in the morning or praying at 10 o'clock in the morning it's just whatever it takes it's we're going to put everything we can into it we're going to sow we're going to give we're going to pray we're going to be in the word we're going to use our faith hallelujah and we're going to get the job done together praise God but my friends you need to really push praise God there can be those times you feel like you're pressed and Jesus felt that the Apostle Paul felt that it sometimes it feels like things aren't working like like you know all this stuff like things may break or things may go wrong but you know you feel the pressure but you just keep on going I remember one time I was hosting a conference uh, me and Kelly were actually hosting the conference and we had a, we had a nice turnout because uh, just the the whole place was packed out there there was literally not a seat left and the, the meeting was greatly blessed by the Lord but the room that I was using the gentleman that I would I was using his his facilities he, he said he had a good sound system so uh, the, I couldn't really test it when he told me that because it was packed away but well you know when my tech guys came to hook up all the sound there was a lot of problems and you know like 10 minutes before the meeting started and I I had brought international speakers in and you know I'm speaking also and the place is packed and you know people have come in from all over the place from different states staying at the hotel and everybody's all come to the meeting and like 10 minutes before the meeting started the head audio guy you know who does this full-time he came to me and said under his breath he said Stephen he said I, I, I don't know what to tell you but he said the entire audio system is completely burned out it doesn't even work the audio board is burned out and everything is completely fried he said I, I don't know what you're going to do but he said it's it's shot totally there's it, nothing I can do and I said okay I said just let me pray and I was praying and the Holy Spirit the gift of faith came on me and I just somehow sensed it's going to be okay and like like five minutes before two o'clock in the afternoon when we had our first session the praise and worship started like just a few minutes after he told me that because I only had ten minutes but five minutes before two he came to me with his eyes like that big eyeballs that big and he said Stephen I don't understand it the whole thing has started up and it seems to be working fine I said okay I should just monitor it keep your eye on it we're going to be fine and you know what through the whole conference with meeting after meeting after meeting the whole the whole sound was just like perfect I mean all the recordings came out just fine uh, everything was wonderful and uh, it, it was like God resurrected or raised from the dead the crazy sound system but you know you do you sometimes you feel this pressure all the uh, the more you do for the Lord you just you feel the pressure but even as Paul said we are hard-pressed on every side yet not crushed and there's power and there's grace and the main thing is you just keep on moving forward you just keep on moving 
forward praise God and the Lord is good hallelujah God is so good hallelujah my friends we're going to do what God has called us to do as we approach the end time everything is being accelerated even time it's like days just go by so fast everything is being expedited and we're going to be very very busy until we go to be with the Lord so we need to stay really focused on what God has called us to do there needs to be real clarity real purpose a real embracing of the true cross a real dying to self and a real commitment to say Lord we're going to get this done no, no matter what it takes to, to your glory hallelujah now there'll come a time when we can rest when we all get to heaven and uh, we can enjoy ourselves praise the Lord but now we need to push I'm not saying you know harm yourself but I am saying we need to be focused and we need to give God our very best praise the Lord so let's do that but Let, let's uh, let's just really lean in and spend time with the Lord get that plan let me go back to that with you just for a moment take your pen get a notepad go spend time with the Lord and you know just write down tell the Lord if you're a businessman businesswoman tell the Lord how much you want to make uh, maybe you're you're working at a company and you sense God has greater potential for you on the inside and you think Lord I'd like to have my own business you know you need to, you need to talk with the Lord about that and tell the Lord how much you'd like to make and tell the Lord that you would commit to tithe because you know those those things are very very important hallelujah you need to know where you're going you need to have a path you need to have a plan you need to ask the Lord to unveil the plan that he has for your life and if you really search it and seek it out he'll show it to you and it's really good and when it's really good you see that it really is very inspirational to live your life 100% for the Lord don't, don't get tangled up in sin any kind of sin because it will it will really keep you out of that 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 flow don't don't get tangled up in sin that's something they don't teach you in CEO school that's something they never teach you at Harvard or Yale or business class but I'm tell, I'm trying to tell you that right now do not get tangled up in sin because you're you're messing with that plan hallelujah and that plan is special you don't have any time to lose hallelujah stay focused with the Lord walk real close with the Lord and you're going to be so so happy praise God thank you Lord Jesus I, I feel led to have shared that there's some that uh, see here's what will happen if the enemy cannot stop you through persecution he tries a different tactic he basically says okay persecution is not stopping the person so let's let's actually give them what their flesh would like and let's uh, you know let's try to attack them from that direction so you have to be real careful you have to be real careful that you're just a person that that is embracing the cross okay and that, that I think that's something that's very phenomenal because it says always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus I'm not I'm not I'm not afraid of the crucifix Pastor Stephen we shouldn't wear a necklace or a chain with the crucifix because Jesus is not on the cross anymore well I'm glad I'm glad you figured that out but although he's not on the cross anymore I sure hope you are and if wearing a crucifix helps you identify with the fact that you need to be dying daily then you probably should be wearing a crucifix praise the Lord we were yet yeah, yes we know that he's not on the cross anymore and trust me our Catholic friends and the Anglicans and the you know the others that what where, where the rosary crosses uh, many of them are very brilliant very smart have degrees went to theolo theological schools and things like that they know also that Jesus is not on the cross it's just an identification that we need to be on the cross and we need to be embracing that cross because have you noticed there's a lot of carnality in the church today Woo, there, there's a lot of carnality in the church today and if you want to do what God calls you to do watch out for the devil because he's a flesh devil he'll try to get you in the flesh and he'll try to make sin very convenient and comfortable for you and I'm here today to tell you as a full gospel Pentecostal tongue-talking preacher do not get tangled up in sin live a holy life 
live a holy life because you're not going to get accomplished what God called you to do if you're goofing around over there in sin. Don't, don't do stuff like that. Embrace the cross because when you do that, you carry about in your body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. We need to be people that are dead to the world. We're in the world. We're not of the world. Praise God. Watch out for the devil's tricks. I fly, I fly all over the world. And when I go, uh, you know, they, they, the first thing they do, uh, Mr. Brooks, would you like some champagne? No, well, they're not really saying it with a southern accent, but oh, they'll stick it right in my face. Big tray of, you know, and this is not the cheapo stuff. This is, this is the high, you know, high dollar champagne. That's why, that, by the way, that's why maybe some of you are not flying in business class because you know if you were there, you'd be like, well, yeah, I'll take two. I'll take three. And before you know it, you're flying drunk. I don't mess with that stuff. I, I, I don't condemn Christians that drink. I don't condemn Christians that smoke. I, I, I'm not, but here's the thing. I'm not trying to see how loosey-goosey I can live and still maintain the anointing somehow. No, there's some things I don't touch. I'm very serious about living a life that is, that, that is embracing that splintery, rugged old cross. I love the cross. I know it's an instrument of death, but I love it because my flesh needs it every day, and so does yours. Hallelujah. I'm not saying you can't have fun in life. I'm not saying you can't laugh in life. I'm not saying that there are not things that the Lord does say it's permissible and it's fine. But I'm saying I'm not trying to see how far I can get to the edge where I just slip over in the carnality. I'm not doing that. I don't have time for the, I don't have time to do that. Truth be told, neither do you. And time is very, very short. You find that power. Now look, you're going to need to plan. You're going to need power. The plan and the power comes together at Calvary. Perhaps you've been listening to me, to, to me today and you're thinking, Pastor Stephen, I really like this about having a plan that God's got a plan for my life. But you have to understand that all the plans, the beautiful things he has for you, it's all under the master plan of salvation. So if you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, and you've never received His plan of salvation, you need to start there. There's no better time than starting right now. Why don't you make today your day of, of salvation and step into that amazing plan that He has for your life? If you've never received the Lord Jesus as your Savior, please pray this out loud after me right now. Just say, Lord Jesus... I come before you as a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to wash me with your precious blood. I believe that you died at Calvary, that you were raised from the dead after the third day, and that you're now seated in heaven at the right hand of God the Father. Lord Jesus, take my life. Save me from all of my sins. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Praise God. If you have prayed that prayer, we would love to hear from you here at the ministry. Please email us at contact at stephenbrooks.org and say, I've prayed the sinner's prayer. I now belong to Jesus. Amen. We would like to just speak blessing over your life. Hallelujah. Welcome to the family of God. Now, my friends, let's all take communion together. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. We're going to celebrate Jesus today, the plan that He has for your life. Woo! Glory to God that is so good. It is so good. Stay tied into the vine. He is, he is our life. Stay tied into Him. Don't drift from Jesus. Always stay close to Him. And does He ever have a plan for you? Mm -mm. Everything about it is good and wonderful. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the body and the blood of Jesus. We consecrate the, ble the, the bread and the juice now. And we thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We rejoice in Jesus and the, and the amazing plan. Tailor made to each one of our lives, just like a fingerprint. Only one unique of its kind. We thank you, Father, there's also a corporate plan 
as we are the body of Christ. So we thank you, Father God. Let us be plugged in doing what you've called us to do. And let us see clearly, Father God, that plan, and let us write it out and have clarity of it. Thank you, Father, and let us be busy doing it. We thank you, Father, for the body of Jesus. We receive it now with great thanksgiving, and we receive that plan in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. The Lord is good. His plans are good. Praise God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. As we receive it, we thank you for all sins washed away, and that we are whiter than snow. We thank you, Father God, we are kings and priests in Christ Jesus, and we accept and embrace that position through His shed blood. We receive it now in, G- in Jesus' name. Let's drink together. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. My friends, go out, spend time with the Lord, seek, search, and dig. Pull that plan up. Pray in the Spirit. Fast, pray, seek God. Get the plan, and then write it out, and then the Holy Spirit will give more detail. Hallelujah. Don't rush it. Wait on the Lord. Get the timing right, and flow with the Spirit, and you'll begin to see that thing is being fulfilled right before your eyes. Lift up your hands, say, plans, and say, power, in the name of Jesus. May you walk in both. It will be fulfilled. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.